You're listening to the Elevate Podcast, featuring exclusive audio from Catalyst, the official singles conference of the Los Angeles International Church of Christ Singles Ministry. Okay, good morning, everyone. Buenos dias. How is the Catalyst retreat going so far? What? Are you excited? My name is Bernardo Mendoza. I'm part of uh, the Coastal LA Ministry region. And this is our beautiful sister, Angela Williams, also from Coastal LA. And at this point, we want to introduce you. So please, every one of you, please stand up. And we have an activity to do with you right now. And Angela's going to assist with that. We're going to try to find two people to whom we can give these two Starbucks cards. And a lot of you already have an unfair, uh, unfair disadvantage. Sorry. Californians, please don't hate me, but at this point, I would like you to sit down. <laughs> we, we love you, Californians. Wow. Hey, hey, hey. I, I, <laughs> no, if you live in California, sorry. If you currently live in California, please sit down. In other words, if you came from California within California to come to this conference. That's cool. It's sitting down. Okay. Wow. We have a lot more outsiders than I thought. <laughs> so. If this is your first, uh, first catalyst retreat, please remain standing and the rest of you, please sit down. Wow. <laughs> okay. Wow. This is your first time catalyst outside of state. Oh my goodness. Wait. Yay. Welcome. Yeah. That's amazing. Awesome. Welcome. Now, who thinks that they're the furthest away from California? Okay. If you raise your hand, please remain standing and the rest of you, please sit down. And we're going to list and we're going to select the Two people that are the furthest away from California, and those are the people who are going to get the, the gift card. So we have, so we're, let's list them. Houston. Nashville. And, and, and what do we have here? Pennsylvania. <laughs> New York. What? The Bahamas. The Bahamas and New York. Was it New York? Bahamas and New York. Bahamas and New York. Please come up and (laughs) both each. All right. Welcome. Welcome to Bahamas. Welcome. As you're coming in, please find a seat as fast as you can. I'm going to give a little overview of what we're going to be covering today, and I'm going to pray, and then we're going to jump into the lesson today. The subject of this morning is, Be Still My Soul, Spirituality in the Modern Age. With our current situation with technology available all around us, we can see unique opportunities, but also can be presented with many challenges with the same technology. And specifically this, as disciples of Jesus Christ. Technology has, had its way, has weaved its way into virtually every aspect of our lives. And we can see that uh, on a day-to-day basis. A lot of times, technology brings us up, like, opportunities and ways to make our lives better. But at the same time, the effects it has on our relationship with God and our relationship with others. I would like to read a scripture because I want to point out a thing. This is in 1 Timothy 6.10, and it reads, For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. And don't, don't worry, we're not going to talk about money. We're going to talk about technology and all that stuff. But there's one thing that I want to point out in this scripture. 
And that is money in itself. And I'm sure you know this, and I'm sure you've been reminded of this, that money in itself is not good or bad. It, it's not moral or like immoral, right? It's just a piece of paper a lot of times, and you know, now it's got the numbers and credit cards and stuff like that. But it's not money. And in the same way, technology and all that we have nowadays in our lives, it's not good or bad. And we, want, we must understand that. So, but we must look at technology as something just simply that, that we can do so much with or we can allow to hurt us in so many different ways. So we can either look at the benefits of it or be distracted by the many harms that it can do to us. So that's what we're going to be covering in this class. So Angel and I are going to be switching back and forth a couple of times, not a lot. And so, and we're going to talk about this and we're going to talk about how we must remain still in the midst of the distraction in order to continue to build and strengthen our relationship with God and the relationship with one another. So let's pray. Dear God, thank you so much, Father, that in everything you do, God, it is love that drives you. It is love that that describes who you are. And God, no matter in which time we live in which era, in which generation, God, your love remains the same. And no matter what distractions we are faced with at any given time, Father, you call us to the same standard, and that is to love you and to love one another. God, that is a beautiful thing, and it's a beautiful thing that in that relationship, God, you call us your children. And Father, I pray that we can acknowledge and embrace that truth, and we can do everything we can to fight hard, to keep that relationship alive and that love alive, Father. I'm so grateful, God, to be this uh, morning with all the brothers and sisters who are here, and that we can together learn to become better disciples, God, all to bring glory to you. I pray, God, and humbly come to you that you would allow us, Angel and I, share your word today, God, and that we would not be distracted by anything, God, and we would not be afraid by anything, but simply obey you, Father, and compelled by your spirit, speak the truth and share the message you want us to share, Father. I'm confident, God, you're here with us today. And God, I pray that in the heart of everyone here, that you would work, that you would soften, you would stir things up. And God, with the intention, then, God, to address those things and to lead to repentance. All, God, for the sake of the relationship we have with you and the relationship that we have with your son, Jesus Christ. And I thank you so much for him, God, for being willing to lay down his life so we can have this opportunity. I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to pass you on to Angela. Okay. (laughs) Sorry, Bernardo. (laughs) Um, So I was thinking about the topic, uh, Be Still My Soul. And um, I'm going to be talking to the sisters, brothers, if you, you know, you feel like I'm saying something you want to listen to, please feel free to listen. But I'll be preaching to the sisters. <laughs> so um, be still, my soul. So as a woman, I think we can be, we're very special. I think God designed us in a very special way. Um, have you guys seen that uh, video of the, the difference between a man's mind and a woman's mind, the spaghetti in the box? Have you guys seen <laughs> We're like multitaskers, right? At any given time, we're thinking about 10 different things. Like right now, you're like, that brother over there, I got to talk to him afterwards. And then I got to go over here after, I got to go to this class. You're doing so many things at once. You can't, um, it's hard for us to be centered and to be still. Like take a moment right now, sisters, and just, just be still. It's really hard to do. Especially when you're preaching, it's hard to be still. <laughs> but it's like, that's what I want to talk about. For us as women, I think that's the call. In this modern age, we need to be able to be focused on the one thing that really matters. And I found this um, image. Oops. Oh, this one. Isn't that great? Like, there's all this minutia around us, but we need to focus in on the thing that God wants us to look at. And I woke up this morning and I got this text from a sister that I was like, okay, this is from the Holy Spirit, but it's actually from Robin Horton. Um, (laughs) I am training you in steadiness. Too many things interrupt your awareness of me. I know that you live in a world 
of sight and sound, but you must not be a slave to those stimuli. Awareness of me can continue in all circumstances no matter what happens. This is the steadiness I desire for you. Don't let unexpected events throw you off course. Rather, respond calmly and confidently, remembering that I am with you. As soon as something grabs your attention, talk to me about it. This is Jesus talking to us. Thus, I share your joys and your problems to help you cope with whatever is before you. This is how I live in you and work through you. This is the way of peace. This is the stillness that I'm talking about, sisters. I mean, how many times do we have this outside stimuli? Even um, in the mornings, one of the things that I struggle with the most is getting my quiet times with God. They're not really quiet because I turn on Bible Gateway. I have on Pandora, listen to music, and I'm like dancing. So that's like my quiet times with God, my poor roommates. Um, (laughs) But what I love about it is um, I can just turn it on and just focus on God right away. Inevitably, every morning, I'm getting a barrage of what? Texts, little tweets. And God forbid I have that little light thing on my phone that beeps when I, you know that thing? You see those sisters? How do you live with that? That's so, that beeps every time you get a text. It's so distracting, and it can make my soul not quiet. And so, sisters, I think one of the things I wanted to share with you today is a scripture that I read um, in Romans 12, 1 through 3, in a world that seeks to corrupt us, that's like giving us constant carrots. You know, you ever seen the, the greyhound go around the track? He's chasing after the rabbit or the carrot. We got constant carrots driving us and making us kind of this way. We really need to hone in and be conformed to God's way, not to the world's way. So the scripture I want to read is in Romans 12, 1 through 3, sisters. It says, therefore, I urge you, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. And recently this year, I had um, every kind of distraction known to man come at me. I mean, Maybe you guys have had worse years. I could totally relate to Lindsay last night. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's like my life. Um, those of you who know me know that um, there was job loss. There was a uh, health scare. There was even the big C cancer word that came out. Luckily, I don't have it, but there was that scare. Um, there was, I mean, there was like, it was ridiculous. It was, my new phrase is, it was cuckoo bananas. <laughs> cuckoo. I it was cuckoo bananas. And, and one of the last things was like my mom has Alzheimer's. And through um, learning about that, I, I wasn't able to be there for her. And now she's living with my sister. And I'm estranged from my mom, who I spoke to on a weekly basis. And all of that messed with my core. It, like, pulled me away from focusing on God, like, worry. What about this? What about concern? Like, God, like, I couldn't even sleep at night, you know, in the fetal position. Can you guys relate to sister? Okay, amen. But that's not what God wants for us. Um, God wants this. Isn't that great? I just want to be there right now. <laughs> we can. We're in San Diego. After after the classes, I think you should go there. <laughs> Do this. Um, highly recommend it. Uh, Psalm 46, 10 through 11 is our theme scripture. And I wanted to look through all the Be Still scriptures this morning and just, like, do it. It was just so hard because there's so many what? Distractions. Yeah. But he says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Sisters, what pulls at your heart? You know, what do you need to center in on God and focus in on? Forget all the stuff around, but focus in on. There's only one thing. What's the one thing? God, that's it. Every, nothing else matters. Paul knew it. Jesus knew it. That's how they lived their lives. So in this age of technology, I encourage you to, be, um, to rest in the arms of the one who loves you. Genesis 33:13 says the beloved of the Lord rests between his shoulders one of my favorite passages to be still 
and have a deep connection to God. So let's talk about those distractions. Oops. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> let's talk about those distractions. What are, what are, what's distracting you from your spirituality? Um, for me, I shared about emails and texts, like social media. I'm going on Facebook. I'm driven by my schedule, all the parties that are planned, all the events, all the appointments, all the, you guys are with me, you know. <laughs> then you got your inner turmoil, you got your heart things, your struggles, your health challenges, your, all these things are tugging at you. We don't want to chase that carrot, right? So let's look at someone who set an example of how we need to singularly focus in on God. Um, I read some stats. Um, you can turn to Matthew 4, verses 1 to 13, while I read these stats. Um, I found these on NBC, and it says, um, people who are interrupted by technology score 20% lower on standardized tests. Um, many students can't concentrate on their homework when they get home because they're playing with social media. <laughs> like immediately, not more than two minutes of concentration. Um, at work, in a typical office, you only get 11 continuous minutes of work before you're checking your email, answering a phone call. I know. <laughs> so it's not really eight hours you're working, right? It's like maybe 30 minutes. Um, <laughs> don't tell your employers. But no, it's like they're constant distractions. And I wanted us to look at two stream theme scriptures. One real, oops, sorry. One, um, one we'll read is Matthew 4, 1 through 13. Um, and it says here, Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the Son of God, he said, throw yourself down, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands, so that you will not strike your foot against the stone. Jesus answered him, it is also written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give you if you bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, away from me, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. And the last one, I think Jesus had some emotion with that one. He was like, okay, that's it. <laughs> but I love Jesus. He was singularly focused, right? He, he was honed in on the word of God. Everything that came his way, he had the word, right? He, he got it right back at him. And I love it because all of these temptations are the ones that we go through. You know, hunger, um, desires of the flesh, power, fame, you know, the kingdoms of the world, worshiping other gods, our other idols, our technology, that guy, that thing we want more than God, that lane, Range Rover, I think that's the newest. <laughs> you know, whatever it is that tugs at our heart, we can look to Jesus as an example. We have to be singularly focused on God and his word and put that above everything else, sisters. And so um, I want to qu ask you a question, something for you to think about, and really ch I challenge you in your heart to really deal with this. How are distractions affecting your spirituality, affecting your singular focus on God and his values? And with that, I'll hand it over to Bernardo. <laughs> Thank you so much, Angela. Distractions are a very real thing, as Angela was describing. And even in the midst of that, we're called to be still and to acknowledge God and who he is. And so if you think about it, from the moment you wake up to the moment you go to sleep, distractions are very, very powerful. And it's unfortunate how, even as you sit in church a lot of times when we are called and gathered to worship God, you are going to find yourself distracted. Maybe some of you probably here who already checked their phone a few times as you're listening to this message. And it's a very real thing, and we must be aware of it. And I want to start off by reminding us of the purpose to which we're called. As disciples of Jesus Christ, 
we're going to read Matthew 22, 36 to 40. Because when Jesus was asked, what is the greatest commandment in the law? He replied in verse 37. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second one is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law of the prophets hang on these two things. So over the past 20 years, we see that technology has developed so much. And there's so much that it offers. You know, from computers, smartphones, emails, social media, and the connection and possibilities. And we think and we, we can engage in these things. And a lot of times, one of the aspects of technology promises that it's going to make your life more efficient. It's going to help you be more productive. It's going to help you save time. But it's important for us to stop sometimes and think, save time for what? Or is it likely that we're going to be saving time so we can be more creative in terms of how we spend time with that same technology after we're done with the other things that we were supposed to be completing? So we've got to ask that question. Or are we thinking about that time, or the extra time we're going to be uh, accomplishing in saving to redeem that time with God and to bring glory to God and to use that time for His glory in, in, a, in an attempt to fulfill that commandment that we're given? So knowing that the world is full of distractions, we have to be careful that the same technology that is presented to us to help us, that is not necessarily making us, or, or that it actually is not making us busier and dragging us away and further away from God. The challenge is this. It doesn't matter in which time in in, in the whole history of God and his people, he calls them to the same calling, and that is to love him. As disciples of Jesus Christ to fulfill this purpose, we're going to read Ephesians 5, 15 to 20. And it says, be very careful then how you live. And this is disciples, people that claim to love God, right? How, to live, how you live your life, not as unwise, but as wise making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, therefore do not be foolish, but understand that the Lord is, uh, what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalm, hymns, and the songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from the heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. That is, a, that is a challenge that requires you to not be distracted by anything around you, to make, to make the best of every opportunity that God brings to you. I want to ask you, and I want us to ask all of us to ask ourselves, how sensitive are we to the opportunity that's come, that comes our ways? How sensitive are you? Or flip that question, how distracted are you that you miss these opportunities? And if we see those opportunities, what is your response when you're presented with a challenge to, to bring glory to God, to serve, to encourage someone, to, to love someone, to spend time with somebody, to pray with someone? Or are you too pulled away from that opportunity because you want to go home and rather spend time with your technology, maybe lay down on your couch, pull out your phone, spend some time on Facebook and see what's going on? We need to be aware. We need to be careful to live our lives as wise, not as unwise. In the midst of distractions that is brought to us by technology, and I'm emphasizing on technology here, but know that distractions are everywhere. Even if you have an absolutely no technology around you, distractions are very present. But I'm focusing on technology today. In the, uh, in the New York Times... In 2013, they published an article titled Brain Interrupted. And there's a quote there that reads, Technology has given us many gifts, among, the dozen, uh, among them dozens of new ways to grab our attention. It is hard to talk to a friend without your phone buzzing at least once. I was as I was preparing this message, my phone would ring, the text would come in, the email would come in, 
and and then at some point I just decided, okay, okay, let me just step back a little bit and let me focus. And one of the things that I do is I listen to worship music and I would just listen and I would reflect on the words. So I went on YouTube and there's a I will sing of my redeemer is one of the songs that will like just literally just you know grab my attention. And as I clicked on the on that video, the first thing that pops up is the brand new Samsung Galaxy. And it just went on. And I just realized how crazy everything is set up to grab your attention. It's unfortunate, you know, this, this is published not by a disciple, possibly, I don't know, hopefully maybe there's a disciple in the New York Times. But it's the world. That's their perspective of what they're seeing, the effects of, of technology and distractions in their relationship with other people. But that same distraction has infiltrated into our, ministry, uh, into our fellowship. You find the same things affecting you. And we should find that as no surprise. Why? Because we're susceptible to the same kind of temptations and to the same struggles as anybody else outside the church. But what should be different, and that should, like, what should be different is our response to those distractions and what we do about it. Remember, technology itself is not good or bad. It's your response to it that can determine that. We're going to go to read 1 John 4, 20-21, which read, We love because he first loved us. Whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or a sister is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. And he has given us this command. Anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. The reason why I'm reading this scripture is because if you look at the distractions in your life and its effect on your relationship with the people that God has entrusted to you, that same effect is a reflection of how it's affecting your relationship with God. If you're too busy to spend time with your friend, with your brother and sister, if you're too busy to pray with them, if you're too busy to spend time with them and build them up and call them higher, you're probably too busy to spend time with God and allow God to work in your heart and develop that relationship that we're called to have with him. So how devoted you are to your brothers and sister is also a reflection on how devoted you are to God in the absence of those brothers and sisters. So how have you allowed these distractions to affect your relationship with, with, with God and with brothers and sisters. We must understand that. And in knowing that, there's a call for self-control. The reality is that it's not likely that we can succeed in getting rid of all technology in our lives, right? And even if we could succeed, and even if that was a reality, there are going to be so many other things that are going to distract you. So instead, there should be a call for self-control. In Proverbs 25, 25, 28, it reads, Like a city whose walls are broken through is a person who lacks self-control. Back in the days, cities would have thick walls to protect them against the enemy. An example of what that would look like, a wall intact. When the enemy comes, people are protected behind that wall. The enemy is going to be present and the threat is real. But that wall serves as a protection. It will help protect you against that enemy. But the Bible says that if you lack self-control, it's as if your enemy is approaching you and that is what you look like. You're easily targeted. And a lack of self-control is the weakness that Satan depends on. To drag you away from God, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the one who died for you. If we lack self-control, and that is a very dangerous thing. You must exhibit self-control in the midst of these distractions and technology. And in order to do that, you must examine and acknowledge perhaps the problems that you have with self-control in regards and your engagement with this technology. I have seen examples of self-control. 
There's uh, more, than, more than a couple of times when I've seen on Facebook it was posted or somebody sent a text saying, friends, family, if you want to contact me, please text me because I'm going to shut down all my social media because I have a test to study for and I can't afford to do bad in it. That's good. It's an example of self-control. And that comes about with the realization of how important that thing that we have to accomplish is. We cannot afford to fail a test, and a lot of times it costs us something. It's going to cost us money, time, and frustration. A lot of times it's going to have a lot, many more side effects. But in regards to our relationship with God and our concern to do well in that area, how willing are we that if we have a problem with self-control, to shut them down for the sake of your love for God, for the sake of your love for one another? And that's something we've got to examine. It's got to be something that we've got to address. If we don't address that, distractions can lead to death. At 8.34 a.m., a police department received a phone call about a car accident. A 30-year-old woman was found death at, that, at, at the site. After investigation, I want to show you the picture of what they found when they responded to the call. After they conducted an investigation about what caused this accident, the call was received at 8.34 at 8.33, a minute earlier, that same person updated their, their Facebook status. And a few seconds before that, she had taken a few selfies while driving. Distractions can lead to accident. And it would probably be safe for me to assume that this person is not, this was not the first time they engaged in this behavior. I'm sure possibly... It began with a simple glance on the phone while driving, and that didn't seem like a big deal. And then it proceeded with a text message, and it proceeded with maybe checking Facebook, maybe now updating status while driving. And in many ways, it feels like it's not a big deal. Brothers, sisters, we cannot have the mentality of it won't happen to me. And I'm not talking just about text messaging in the car, which is not a good thing. I'm talking about the distractions that could lead to our spiritual death. We, as disciples of Jesus Christ, can easily identify the big sins. And I hope to be uh, right in assuming that anyone in this room, if anybody comes through that door and invites you to commit sexual immorality, to commit murder, to go steal somebody somewhere, your response will be no. That's a sin. That's going to take me away from God. So your response would be no. But what about the small things? What about the things that perhaps we haven't acknowledged that they are sins and we think of them as not a big deal? We must be in tune with that, brothers, sisters. We've got to be in tune with those things. In 1 Corinthians 10, 23-24 and then 31-33, It says, we, I'm talking about the disciples of Jesus Christ, we have the right to do anything, you say, but not everything is beneficial. You have, to do, you have the right to do anything, but not everything is constructive. No one should seek their own good, but the good of others. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do, do all for the glory of God. Do not cause anyone to stumble whether Jews, Greeks, or the church of God, even as I try to please everyone in every way, for I am seeking my, for I'm not seeking my own good, but the good of many, so that they may be saved. After spending hours on end on YouTube, Facebook, or any sort of media, can you honestly say, I did that to bring glory to God. I just spent that, all that time to glorify the name of God. And again, I want to remind you, it's not bad to check Facebook. But with this, I want to focus on two things. And that is the amount of time you spend and the content that you spend viewing during that time.
jumped ahead of myself. Get distracted. <laughs> Small things can lead to big consequences and big sins. Small steps that look like nothing. We're not going to read the story of David, but I want you to write it down so you can read it later. So that is uh, in Second Samuel 11. And we can, you can all remember the story of David. It was a time, it says it was spring during the time where kings go off to war. King David decides to stay. Now, if you think about it, he's a king. He can do whatever he wants. So the fact that he stayed perhaps is not a bad thing. I mean, it's not a big deal. He's a king after all. Then he finds himself on a rooftop, which you can say, well, what's wrong with being on a rooftop? Nothing. But he was found in a place where he was not supposed to be. He was spending time somewhere where he was not called to be. He was supposed to be somewhere else. And then temptation comes in. He sees a woman. And maybe probably safe to assume that he entertained that thought. He remained there. And then what seemed as not a big deal then led to a compromise. He he sent someone to find out about her, sent to get her, and eventually leading to sexual immorality. David is described as a man after God's own heart. And he found himself in this situation where slowly, with small steps, he was dragged away. So he couldn't do it. He was human. We're humans. What makes us think we can have self-control in that capacity? It's important to be aware that these small little steps in your reflection on what you do in terms of your relationship with your technology, that small steps can lead to something deadly. I want to share this quote from C.S. Lewis, if I can find it. Um, It's from the book Screwtape Letters. I don't know if you're familiar with it. If not, I'm going to give a brief description of what it is. So it's a fictional account of what the demons might... Uh, might say or interact in their attempt to drag Christians away from God, away from faith. So in this excerpt, a senior demon, more experienced, instructs a younger demon in how to go about ensuring that he succeeds in dragging people away from God. And he's encouraged to not focus on the big things. But he's encouraged to focus on the nature of humans that they're easily distracted and throw small little things and small little things. And it reads, you will say that these very small sins and doubtless, like all young tempters, you're anxious to be able to report spectacular wickedness. But do remember, the only thing that matters is the extent to which you separate men from God. It does not matter how small the sins are provided that their their cumulative effect is to edge the men away from the light and out into the nothing. Murder is no better than Facebook or YouTube. And I incorporated facing YouTube there. It said cards. But if Facebook and YouTube can do the trick, then do it. Indeed, the safest road to hell is the gradual one, the gentle slope, soft underfoot, without sudden turnings, without milestone, without signposts. Dear brothers, we must be aware, we must reflect on what we're doing with our time in regards to technology and the distractions it brings in our lives. And it's crazy. Give me just a second, let me... Okay, we're back on track. With that, with that idea of small things can lead to sin and eventually could lead to death, death by distraction, I want to read James 1, 13 to 16, which reads, When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone, but each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desires and enticed, then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, it gives birth to death. Don't be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters. Don't be deceived. I want to repeat that. 
don't. Because what seems like a small thing, and even if you're not intending to go to something inappropriate as you're spending time with technology, I was, as I was preparing this lesson, I typed the words in Google search, death by destruction. And some of the things that popped up are absolutely not appropriate. And so, you must be aware of that. What about when self-control just won't cut it? We'll read the story of David. And now we're going to, or we didn't read it, we referenced it. The story of Joseph is a little bit different. In that Joseph found himself in a situation where he could have engaged in sin. And perhaps in that very moment, self-control was out of the question. It was not something to be entertained. But instead, he took a radical step. And that is, he literally ran away from that. Now, there were situations in which the woman was trying to tempt him, in which he engaged in this interaction. Perhaps the setting was different. Perhaps, like... The situation was different, but in this very moment, self-control was not to be entertained, but simply run away, because this is not going to turn out good. To do that, you must be willing to know yourself and to assess where you are, to know when it is good, it's a good idea to fight. And a lot of times, brothers, I'm going to address you right now, in the context of what we can access on the internet with technology, it's insane. And we must acknowledge that perhaps like David fighting himself on that rooftop, we should not be finding ourselves in a room with a piece of technology where we can access these things. That's not where we're supposed to be or perhaps not in that arrangement. So we've got to be real with that. We must know when to fight and when to run. And with that knowledge, you must be willing to make a radical decision to ensure and secure your relationship with God. With this, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share a story of what happened about three weeks ago. One, a dear friend of mine, a brother in the church, came to me and said, and he was quite excited. He said, brother, you know, I just installed this, computer, this program on my devices, and it blocks every inappropriate contact on my phone, and I have an accountability partner, and this person has passwords to it, and every time I attempt to access something I'm not supposed to, it sends a notification to that person, and that person can then help me through this process. And he ended with, you should do it too. <laughs> I'm sad to report that my response was not a very excited one. And, I, and, and then I began to reflect what are the reasons why. And some of the excuses that I came up with were, well, that's too invasive. That's too much. What about my privacy? What about this and that? And, and all these things. I did not say yes in that very moment. But the question kept repeating in my head, why wouldn't you do it? Is God not worth that? To protect you, to build that wall against all temptations, and not every time when tempted is it initiated by the person or by me, I should say. Just when I was preparing this lesson, typing death by destruction, I did not ex- expect that those pictures to show up, but yet they did. Now, if I had that program, then that would have helped, right? So I texted that brother... And said, remember that program? I said, let's do it. Because I'm, I'm, I've come to a decision that I cannot risk those things. And i got to make use of those opportunities to protect myself for the sake of my relationship with God. And brothers, and I do want to talk to sisters if there's anything as well. But be willing to take radical decisions and make radical decisions to protect your relationship with God. And to be able to find yourself being still in the midst of this chaos and to find yourself acknowledging the power and the love of God away from these things. Now that we have addressed those things, can we then focus on what could be some of the benefits and opportunities that we can be given by technology? And I know we're running out of time here, but I'm going to pass it back to Angela so she can share some of those things. Thank you so much. Great job, Bernardo. I took notes. So um, I, we've been talking a lot about the defensive strategy for dealing with technology, you know, self-control, 
fighting off death by destruction. Bernardo did a great job, right? Really did. Thank you. But um, Jesus was offensive. <laughs> let, me, let me rephrase. Jesus went on the offensive. Um, he, I mean, he fought Satan with the word of God. He took out the sword, right? And he used it. So I would like us to think about the story that we read earlier, Matthew 4, when Jesus went out in the de- desert and was tempted, and use that example and follow in his steps in this modern age with all the things that we've talked about, all the distractions we've talked about. Take them and flip them on their heads and use technology in a way that maybe Satan hasn't even thought to use it against you. Use it against him. Use it to fight off his attacks, to stave off his It's a powerful tool. I don't think we could waste time if we tried to think of creative ways to fight him off. You know, not even just to fight him off, but to expand God's kingdom. Because what did Jesus do right after he was in the desert and was tempted? Satan gave up. He said, I'll come back in a more opportune time. He came back right before the cross, did his thing. But between then and then, what did Jesus do? He preached the word. Sisters, I don't know if we're preaching the word enough. I don't know if we're on our mission enough. I mean, I know we look good. I know we work out. I know we have jobs. I know we're living this life, and we're doing it fully. But I don't know if we're giving our all to do what Jesus put us here to do. I mean, the only reason we're still here and not in heaven with him is because it's not our time. And we, we have to be about our purpose. We have to be offensive with the word of God. We have to be offensive with what God's given us. Um, And I think with technology specifically, like, um, there's so many great things. I want to show you some. uh, Sorry, I didn't do this. (laughs) There's so many things that technology can do to distract us. We talked about them, all the things on the right. You know, they, they could be a used distraction in all those areas. But it could also be a tool in every single one of those areas. How many of you guys have reached out using your technology? All the time, right? Facebook, you post your women's days, you post your Bible talks, you do meetup. You know, some of the big things that are happening now are TV shows like The Voice or Walking Dead. Or Have you thought about doing parties where you bring people who, who might be spending their Sunday nights doing that over and then doing something spiritual afterwards? Like, we could take this powerful tool that marketers use all the time to distract us and use it to connect people to God. It could be one of the most powerful evangelistic tools. I mean, some of the ways are through Facebook, through invites, through meetup, but we could think of even more creative ways, like even for connection and encouragement. I love uh, what Turnwall and that team, there's an encouragement team in the coastal LA region that put together that update video that you saw last night. Did you guys see that video? They came up with this whole way of connecting singles to each other. Like, that's a powerful tool for fellowship. But it's a website app. And I'll show you the, the, um, uh there you go. (laughs) It's this, the update website app, like on our um, elevatecoastal.com website. There's Meetup. There's the Bible that we could use to connect with God. Like, these are powerful tools. So I want to encourage you sisters to really get focused on the things that Jesus was focused on and not use these tools in a lazy way. I mean, I can spend hours on Candy Crush. (laughs) I actually need to delete it from my phone. (laughs) It's really bad, you guys. (laughs) But if I spent half as much time as I spent on that, like, I mean, I'd be a superwoman disciple you know but really exercise that muscle the way god what way jesus showed us in matthew 4 so are you using technology or is it using you you know be still and focus on what god wants us to focus on and i want to close my portion with hebrews 12 1 through 3 um and this is i love this scripture Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, singularly focused, the author and perfecter of our faith. We need to use technology. We need to wield it 
like a powerful weapon, like the powerful weapon it is for God and not let it use us. Back to Bernardo. Thank you, Angela. I just want to highlight some things that we covered today, and, um, and then I'm going to close with the scripture. In the world of distraction, we're called to be still, to acknowledge the presence of God, to remember our purpose to which we're called. And we must be aware of all the distractions in our lives. Technology itself, remember, it's not good or bad. But if you're not careful, the distractions that are brought by it can lead to death. Self-control is a must, and when self-control is not sufficient, be willing to make radical decisions and steps to secure your relationship with God. And look at the opportunities and benefits that technology can be used for to expand your knowledge on God and to reach out to the world. In Exodus 14, 10 through 14, I'm going to close with this scripture, but it's a, it's a scripture about back in the days, in the time of uh, Moses, when, when people were leaving Egypt. This is soon after and distractions came. It says, as Pharaoh approached the, Israel, the, the Israelites looked up, and there were the Egyptians marching after them. They were terrified and cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us to the desert to die? What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Didn't didn't we say to you in Egypt, leave us alone. Let us serve the Egyptians. It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. The distractions came to them. And they were willing to, like, not willing to break off that relationship with what, they, what enslaved them. Moses answers to the people, do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance of the Lord that the Lord will bring today. The, Egypt, the Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. Thank you very much. You're dismissed. We, we do not have time to address this, so there's another class coming in here in about five minutes, so you are dismissed, and if you're staying there for the next class, you're welcome, and if you're going to make your transition, then this would be the time. Thank you. You've just listened to audio from the Catalyst Conference. For more information about Catalyst, please visit catalystretreat.com.